Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Can't hit us with the jingle. Welcome back to the Prairie Farm Podcast, Coffee Time Wednesday, the best 15 minutes of your week. Also, Judd McCollum, you see that shout out he gave us? Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, Kent. <laughs> Man, well, we uh, I got a thing. Kent, you got a thing you want to talk about? I have two. You have two. Well, I'm going first, and then I'm cutting you off at 20 minutes. All right. I get 20 minutes? No, no, no. At the end of the tw- 20 minutes into this podcast, you're getting cut off. Fine. Okay, okay. Mine is our good friend, the livelihood, the farm bill. I got mixed emotions about the farm bill. One, basically no one in the United States can make a living off of private entity anymore. We're all off of government contracts. And, and that, it's a very strong statement. And it's not fully true at all. It's just... <laughs> I just really wanted to say it to grab wanted, your attention. No, it's just... There's so many people who get paid by the government. Like, basically all... Tons of big money. Except for, like, Amazon and Walmart and, like, some of those chains. If you want to be in big money, like Manats, the mm-hmm. road company. I don't have anything against Manats. You know who their biggest customer is? By far, I bet it's 90% of what they do. The government. Local government, federal government. They build roads. Right, yeah. so that that's really big money. Um, farmers get a lot of money from the government. Farmers get money from the government for our product, and then we get paid by those farmers. So we get paid by the government, which we're working on. We're trying to we're trying to get more privatization, but it's hard to get privatization into conservation. So anyway, what I'm talking about is the farm bill. Farm bill expires. Uh, when you're listening to this, it will be the 27th. It will expire three days from then at 11.59 and 59 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's no new farm bill right now. There's none. So uh, basically, we're like, well, they're going to postpone it. They're going to do emergency postpones. They have to. Like food stamps is in the farm bill, right? Mm-hmm. School lunches is in the farm bill. So what are they going to do with the farm bill? Well... People are saying like, oh, they're gonna, they're trying to figure it out with the budget. They're trying to figure it out with the budget. They'll they'll pull it in on uh, they'll pull it in later this fall, maybe early next spring. I am not convinced they will, and here is why: it is an election year next year, and nobody wants to make decisions right before an election. They don't. Uh, why give the reason? Because no matter what decision the politicians make, half of the country is going to hate them, and. Uh, so I think that uh, I think that I'm not convinced we'll have a farm bill until 2024, late fall. Yeah, I I mean I think you make some good points there for sure as far as what um, you know what the timeline may look like in a worst case scenario. Um, I I think we're very fortunate that those other aspects of the farm bill are there. Um, uh, you know, just because we see time and time again, doing the right thing conservation wise, because it's the right thing to do usually is not motivation enough, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And, and so we uh, resort to the stick. Well, there's, there's well, carrot in the well, farm bill. Yeah. There's some carrot in the farm. Bill. And, and so my point is, you know, it's a lot of times people are like, yeah, farm bill, tell me about the CRP, you know? And, but it's important to recognize these other programs that are part of it because it honestly, in a way, even though they get 
more more of the farm bill money allocated to those other things because they're much bigger programs. Um, they're good to have attached to there because it helps protect CRP. You know, it's like a built-in protection thing. Oh, you're not going to have the farm bill? Then I guess you can't feed kids at school. So what are we going to do? We're going to bus all those kids home for lunch every day? Are we? Huh, huh, huh. You know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it, it's it's enough pressure there that hopefully that, that um, you know, keeps thing, keeps money moving through this fall enrollment time. Which, when does fall enrollment wrap up? For? For, uh crp like i don't know i i think the end of september but i'm not sure because people have been contacting us throughout september saying hey i'm about to sign right they haven't signed yet or Mm -hmm. hey i just signed you know so yeah i'm not totally sure and i just got an email from a government office about a customer saying hey they don't have a um okay to purchase yet but this mix would be good you know so it's like it's like they haven't quite signed i wonder if it's like october 10th yeah but they actually look that up we we should look that up and and find that out but it's kind of complicated because they actually have to enroll in the spring for it for the fall yeah Yeah, for the fall and then they come in and do their paperwork and officially get it all yeah it's Um, just because it's a slow enough moving process you know again with government yeah you can't just last minute oh i need i need some crp seed Uh, can i get this plan approved you know like there's so many so many checks checks and balances within any kind of government paperwork yeah. especially federal government paperwork and part of it is part of it is the cost of being hyper efficient for a country which mm-hmm. i'm not saying the government's necessarily hyper efficient but like tons of people growing corn and being able to sell it at an efficient rate and just be able to drop it off instead of every single farmer having to go to the market and find mm-hmm. someone to buy their corn the 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 price you pay for that is that someone has to be a middleman that figures out all the stuff whoever that is partially it's the government partially it's big companies they're going to be a huge entity a very powerful entity you don't get away from it Mm -hmm. and you know democrats tend to hate when the companies are big and are middlemanning the stuff and republicans tend to hate when the government is big and middlemanning all the stuff but no matter what I don't know. There, there probably is a solution. I've never heard of one. I couldn't. I can't think of one. It'd have to be someone a lot smarter than me that'd figure out one. But we, there has to be a middleman that is very powerful in order for us to have the efficiency that we enjoy today. But efficiency, often equating to dollars and time, shouldn't be the only value we're thinking about when we're making right. these decisions. So. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just got to value doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Which I was on a walk. I was on a consultation walk with a customer uh, just today, and uh, he did. He really had some really great things. I also, I promised a friend I would say this, and I forgot the last couple times. She listens to our podcast whenever it's available. Um, She only listened to Coffee Time Wednesdays. She says it's shorter, and it's while she's setting up at the bar at work. She runs a... Hmm. Um, a portion of a restaurant, there's a bar there and she's like setting up in the morning before they open. So I always, I just throw it on whenever I've nice. got one. Thanks and, for tuning in. Yeah. What's her name? What? What's her name? Cat. Thanks for tuning in, Cat. We appreciate that. Yep. Thanks, Cat. Shout out. Man, is, is that, is that, all? I just want to talk about the farm bill. I'm not convinced we're going to get one till next year. Oh, what, what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. We got an email from someone who said that's kind of doom and gloomy. Uh, it was a doom and gloomy email where they said, hey, we think there like, might not be CRP for a year um, or a few of the other programs, maybe not equip, stuff like that. But 
since CRP kind of is an overlapping thing, it's not like they're not going to pay the farmers that have the that are already in CRP. And then another thing is, um, I would hope not. You know that. Yeah. I mean, think of what the. I you know again you would hope that people would just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. But uh, at the same time, I guess if a contract was dropped <laughs> on one side of it, you know, like if that farmer decided all of a sudden, you know what, I, I'm not going to keep these acres set aside this year. I'm going to farm them. Well, then he loses his, his payment. Yeah. And if it's on the other side and the government says, you know what, we can't get along here in Washington. So uh, we're not going to actually pay you. Yeah. Um, I guess I would, I would understand even though it'd be terrible for conservation. If a guy pulled it, yeah, you know, crop those. I would. I would. I mean, I would hope that wouldn't happen because yeah. I think it would be. But at the same time, you can't really. I mean, it's like it, it's a transactional relationship, and yeah. so part of. Uh, I mean, and what will happen with the government shutdown? You know, if there will be a government shutdown, will it last one week and it won't be that big of a deal, or will it last? Because if it does happen, there will like law enforcement will still be around air control will still be around but I don't, will nrcs or fsa offices i think they closed down last time we had a government I'm not, shutdown. yeah i'm not sure on that it may or maybe just the dcs were in the office you know or the fsa coordinator writing checks that they already promised yeah well in some cases you know they like send people to work still but it's like you'll get paid back pay whenever Washington oh, yeah. can, can come to an agreement right again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, cause there's like, think of like, uh, my, my brother, who's a, uh, a doctor in the army, you know, yeah, you can't a medical doctor. You can't like say, Oh, the, <laughs> the doctors that, I mean, that's a big hospital that, you know, the, uh, uh, military base hospitals, like a city, a military base is almost like a city within a city. Right. Oh yeah. So if you have a whole bunch of people having heart attacks or whatever else, sorry, I, the government's shut down right now. Yeah. You, you're going to have to take care of this yourself. You know, yeah. It's not going to be that. They're going to be people going to work, but they just don't get paid until things are settled. Yeah, that's interesting. I also, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how all that'll work out. It's interesting to see what that'll do to agriculture because think about, think about this. If if there if you went to a town of fifty thousand people, fairly sizable town, you went to a town of fifty thousand people, and one company. Um, owned all the roads and and charged um, a tariff to be on the roads. And that same company was in charge of all the police officers. And that same company was uh, was in charge of all the food inspection. And that same company, you get what I'm saying? So all of a sudden you have this giant, very powerful company in a city. And if that company shuts down, Everybody in that city probably, you know, economically is devastated. Hmm. And instead of being like a a really powerful free state of of free people, we're like desperate for the government checks to be rolled out. Because maybe you're not getting paid by the government, but very likely the person who pays the person who pays you <laughs> is getting paid by the government. Yeah. And so it's like, ooh, I and I'm not saying it's like a doom and gloom. Oh, I'm just saying like maybe we should take a look at it and start taking steps in the other direction where we're not so dependent on government contracts. But then at the same time, in order for it to make sense economically for people, then you have like private roads, you know, and that can be hard, (laughs) not, not better. Yeah. Well, there's just no, there's no perfect Goldilocks way to, 
to to do all of this and and there's there's pros and cons in every system and every every way that it rolls out and when the government is is doing really well people who work for the government you know they seem to do pretty good but when it's not man that's a big risk for them and yeah you know kind of too bad of a deal all right can we're at 12 minutes yeah, who's the uh, long-winded one? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, have, I just have minutes. two things. All right. First of all, there was an article in the Iowa Farmer Today. Um, I actually cut it out and brought it in, and I think it's on the golf cart cruising around the fields right now. <laughs> um, but uh, it was about black bears in the Midwest. And um, so it talked about um, you know how we've had all these black bears passing through in the past you know 10 years or whatever here in Iowa and – there's been some that have made it into like Southern Illinois and I suppose even Northern Illinois. Well, remember that one that was like just on that, it was like walking on a rope from, from uh, Wisconsin down to uh, like Missouri. Like, oh, do you remember no, that? Like, no, it but came it just through, lined it. Yeah. Through. It came, it came through Iowa and they had like, I think they named him Bruno the bear. They had all these people like gathered around like taking pictures of this bear and he just did not care. He was just on a mission and, uh, um, you know, he like crossed the Mississippi river like once or twice and went into Illinois for a while and, and all that. So that we've had cases like that. We even had a, uh, bear right in this area. Uh, like, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, 10 years ago, ended up, (laughs) ended up getting hit on interstate 80 over by Victor by a guy from Texas. How would you like to be coming through Iowa from a state that has black bears and hit a black bear (laughs) in in Iowa? In a state that does not have black bears. The one, the one black bear in the entire state. (laughs) And, and just unfortunate for that. Instead of going to be like, dude, I saw the biggest buck. I always got crazy bucks. I mean, I hit this tiny black bear, <laughs> yeah. totaled my truck. That's right. Freaking hate those things. That's it followed right. me. Yeah. So anyways, we have stories like that where they come through. Well, this article said something I did not realize. And we need to get this guy on the podcast. Um, he works for, uh, uh, I think he's like the fur bearer biologist, something like that. And he. Nick, fur bear. <laughs> fur bearer. Fur bear, as opposed to those other bears with no bearer. fur. Oh, fur bearer. He bears the fur <laughs> yeah, not constantly. Like, I am the fur bear biologist. But uh, no, he's, he's the, like the fur bearer biologist, I think was. And then also there was something else on there, maybe a large predator or something like that, um, or large carnivore. Uh, but anyways, he uh, was interviewed for this article, and he said that for, I think it's four years now, Iowa has a permanent resident black bear. Wow. Isn't that cool? Wow. And uh, I th- I'm guessing it would be in northeast Iowa, um, in the Driftless area of Iowa. However, he mentioned that he thinks if Iowa... Uh, does end up having a breeding population of black bears again. He thinks it'll be established in southeast Iowa first with bears bears coming up from Missouri. Hmm. Um, which, that, yeah, I'd be I'd be really interested to hear beyond just oh yeah, you know it's close because Wisconsin has a little bit right has a few yeah, and so does Minnesota. Minnesota both, does both of those areas are you know right there yeah and um, 
I guess southeastern Iowa, when you think about it, kind of has it's pretty low population, but so is northeast Iowa. You know, and if yeah. you go up into northeast Iowa and hike around in some of those public areas there, you just like if you're if you're in tune with what the wildlife, the scope of wildlife are in Iowa, you feel like something is missing. And really what I think the the big thing that I sense is missing, um uh besides all the people that originally inhabited the area, um, is uh um, black bears, you just like, mm. man, you just look around and you're like this, this, um, uh, this habitat here, uh, is just perfect for a black bear. What and you can really, and speaking of those native people that live there too, you can see why they, they chose to, you know, settle down there. And were black bears strong or aggressive enough to take out elk, uh, calves, they, they prey okay. on elk calves. Okay. And during calving season. Um, I, I just imagine because there's no way they catch them in a race. No. I just imagine they just like falling on them from trees. Although bears are, are bears are surprisingly fast um, in in bursts. They run it as fast as a horse gallops in bursts. Wow. Yeah. Isn't a horse one of the only species that can beat us in a marathon? I I'm I'm pretty sure there's uh, only a handful of species that can beat humans in that's a an interesting thing yeah. mile race. That's yeah. That, that's it's like emus, ostriches, horses. That's your that's your topic for next. For I next gotta coffee figure time. out who's okay. Uh, and then here's the the second thing. I just met up with a friend of mine uh, this morning for breakfast. You got two and a half minutes. And uh, um, yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah, you're doing good. And uh, uh, he was uh, working on a military base down in, he's in the military. He's working on a military base down in Arkansas for a while. And he said to me, he's like, because he's been kind of following our stuff. And he's he's like, man, I need to just learn more about this stuff. Um, he, he has some property that he has some you know habitat influence on and stuff like that but he was like he was like um the uh this base had all this prairie grass on it and he talked about how healthy the prairie was on this base because of all the accidental fires from like like where they're practicing with artillery fire and stuff like that they accidentally catch the prairie on fire and it it gets burned so often that he said it's just like super thick there's tons of butterflies everywhere <laughs> he said it's just like great prairie so apparently you just need a military <laughs> artillery base on your prairie yeah. that's it yeah and you'll have a beautiful prairie yeah just i thought that was that was a pretty you know pretty good example of how prairie needs that fire and yeah. and when you think about it, if you go back we interviewed uh sierra Rhodes. She's a quail forever biologist from Arkansas. And she talked about how quail have their populations have really been harmed in the South because of the fear of burning, you know, the smoky bear response to burning. Oh, and, so uh, people are afraid of burning. So there's no fire that happens. So they don't, there's so no the quail, habitat. For yeah. Quail. quail need that. For and so it's, you know, it's kind of comes full circle when you hear that example of what's going on in that military base and yeah. what's happened in, the rest of the state and much of the south you know that has had prairie habitat maybe they just need a few rounds just randomly dropped in uh random <laughs> i'm not fields. saying that <laughs> maybe people some just practice need to be able to do some uh prescribed burning man well thanks for listening guys you know something that's been happening recently that you guys could participate in i didn't even talk to ken about this we've had more and more people reach out and say hey can we handpick seed for you yes you can just shoot us an email 
We, it's we'll, therapeutic. We'd love to chat about it. It's very therapeutic. It is, yeah, it's it's surprising how wonderful it is. Now, world milkweed that stinks. That stuff's real low to the ground. It's like an inch and a half off the ground. <sighs> yeah, and, but even still, you, there's just something about like. like but Maximilia sunflower, which is flowering right now all over ditches, is like head height. It's amazing. It's great. But um, yeah, don't forget we're presented by Hoxie Native Seeds. That guy pays our bills. We're thankful for it. And we will see you next time. See you.